We ended up meeting this guy. He had a gun on him, and he didn't know that we had guns on us. He ended up pulling out a gun on me really quickly, and I ended up just, out of instinct, shooting back, and actually hit him twice, and he ended up falling on the ground. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about how dangerous it can be to have the wrong role models in your life. So who's your role model? Who do you look up to? Are they truly helping your life? Today, we're going to have Stephen Pizarro, whose father abandoned him when he was younger. He grew up in a fatherless home. His role models became gang members on the street and his life was led into a destructive path, where it eventually led him into killing someone. Stephen, welcome to the show. Absolutely, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yes, Stephen. So I understand that your mom raised you as a single mom, and that your father was not there to be your role model. Mm -hmm. How did that turn out for you? So, you know, not having a father, my older brother and I, we just didn't have any solid foundation as men you know? Right. So it was really rough for us. Our mother did the best that she could to, you know, teach us right and wrong and lead us into church and just, you know, be good citizens and stuff like that. But, you know, that's hard for a woman trying to raise two hard-headed young guys. Yeah. But I remember at 16, you know, going through middle school, high school, I remember joining a gang and just hanging around the wrong people. Hmm. Wow. So these gang members who are older are leading you through life and they're getting you into stuff. Like, what kind of stuff were you getting into? So I started drinking like heavily at 16 and smoking weed and doing drugs and pills and just doing it in excess and in abundance, like way too much. And everybody around me was doing it, old, young, in between. You know, that was the lifestyle, mm. you know, and it's almost normal when you surround yourself with that. You know, it was not good. Mm. Now, some people do drugs or drink as more of a social thing to fit in with their surroundings. Others might do it to cover up deep pain in their lives from their upbringing. Why do you think you were gravitating so much to the drugs that you were getting into? Definitely, I would say part of it was to cover up hurt in the past, for sure. You know, being abandoned by your father and stuff like that, that's hurt there. But I saw that a lot. I saw, like, looking back, a lot of people covering up hurt and trying to drown out that pain that was either done to them or a mistake that they made you know that was like 99 percent of it was like covering up a pain and trying to snuff out that hurt wow man that is sad and very understandable so i understand you were young when you got into these gangs and you were seeing and doing things that really isn't normal for someone your age at the time to see and do how did that make you feel as a young guy being part of this gang well you surely feel like you're surrounded by people who got your back you feel like you're invincible, but you feel like, hey, I got my friends, I got my family, I got the only ones that ever cared about me or something like that. But that's not the case at all. That's actually the worst place that you could be in, the worst type of situation that you can be in and have that belief or understanding. Right. You know what I'm saying? The worst. And, you know, it's not a place you want to be. Mm, yeah, that makes sense because you're in danger, but you feel like you're safe, like it's an illusion. But you're in danger and you're probably seeing fistfights, drive-by shootings, things like that. 
Oh, for sure. There's no doubt about it. Definitely in fights, people on the other side of the fence, so to speak, definitely had guns. That's why I started carrying a gun. I started realizing, oh, man, I need to protect myself. I need some protection here. Hmm. So I understand this lifestyle at the age of 18 took a sudden bad turn for you. What happened? Yeah, I was 18 years old and I was with some friends and some buddies and we were going out and we were going to pick up some drugs on our way to the club. We were making phone calls trying to set something up and this girl of one of the guys I was with ended up setting up a drug deal for us. And while she was setting it up, she actually set us up to get robbed, all of us. Oh, wow. Because we all wanted to, you know, buy something. So while we were there, we ended up meeting this guy. He had a gun on him and he didn't know that we had guns on us. While we were there, he ended up pulling out a gun on me really quickly. And it happened so quick that I just, out of instinct, I would suppose, ended up hitting his gun away from my neck. I had my gun on my right, and I ended up just, out of instinct, shooting back. And actually hit him twice, and he ended up falling on the ground. And so me, in that situation, that mindset that I had, I was like, man, I'm getting out of here. I'm running. Yeah. You know, so what? It is what it is. This guy shouldn't pull a gun out on me, whatever. Like it wasn't so, my fault. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was like my first instinct. It wasn't until later, a couple of days later, that when I started to calm down and everything like that, that it hit me. Like it really hit me. Hmm. Now, what do you mean it hit you? Like, did you know that he died at this point? Did you find out? So I found out that he had passed away maybe a couple minutes later. And mm. I actually went to the sheriff's department and turned myself in and told them what happened. Mm. And yeah. Oh my gosh. So you felt guilty. And you did the right thing and turned yourself into the sheriff's office. What happened to everyone else there? So actually the people that were with me, they ended up getting arrested as well. And they actually all turned against me and they ended up charging me with first degree murder with a firearm and like a couple other charges. Wow. They put me in jail. They sent me straight to maximum security. They didn't give me any bail. And I was supposed to be there for at least, uh, they were telling me like three to four years just waiting to deal with my case. Oh, so this must have been a shocker to now end up in jail for three to four years just to process what had happened. Now, what were some of the thoughts that were going through your mind right after all of this? I understand you started thinking about God at this point in your life. Well, I mean, that night I knew what I had done and I knew, you know, I sinned against the Father, you know, I sinned against God. Yeah. So I had basically crossed the line by taking another person's life that's on a whole nother level. And crossing that line, it turned me into thinking that, hey, I'm unforgivable. I've done something that's horrible. And like, how do I continue? How do I grow? How do I even smile? How do I smile again? How do I be happy again? How do I like just a whole hurricane of thoughts going up and down, negative and positive. Mentally, it was one of the hardest things I've ever gone through and will ever go through in my life. Wow. It sounds like you were at the point of surrender, like you're at the end of your rope. And I understand something changed in your life here. What happened? It's amazing. Believe it or not, you know, I know it's very difficult, but I speak really in my situation that was really horrendous and really difficult. I recognize God reaching out to me. And in that, I decided to open up the Bible and I decided to not come to God with any obligation or any prerequisite, but to do this the way that he says to do it. And it was in that that I just went before the Father and went before Christ. And I just completely dove in 110%. And God responded. And the Lord just reached out and he began to show me who he was as God. Mm -hmm. And he began to show me who he was as a father, you know, as a good, good father. Wow. So you are finding that role model that you missed when you were younger in God himself. 
like he was becoming your father. So how did you overcome feeling unforgivable? So I think the gospel of Christ, it's the gospel of love and it's the gospel of forgiveness. And I just decided to believe it. I just decided to believe it with all my heart and soul. And doing that, believing in Christ and believing and reaching out as hard as I could, as passionately as I could, and seeking Him and wanting to be healed and wanting to be made right with Him, He gave me His peace that surpasses all understanding. And when He gave me His peace, you know, He's telling me, hey, I forgive you, I love you, I'm with you. That radicalized my whole life. So not only is this transformation happening on the inside, but this miracle started manifesting on the outside of you as well. What happened? So I was supposed to be there for three to four years to fight that case. There were so many things that were against me. It was going to take time. But I ended up only spending 18 months in jail. And everything that was against me, at the end of those 18 months, the Lord turned around for my good. And I ended up being released and acquitted and let go and released of those charges. Oh my gosh. So you got a second chance at life. I understand you took that second chance and there was a huge transformation in your life where you made amends with people in your life. You were asking for forgiveness from others you had hurt. I understand that your life changed so much that not only did you leave that past lifestyle of drugs and gangs, but today you're sharing the love of God with young people with your message being to warn the younger generation that is fatherless and you're helping others to find Jesus like you have today. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you say to someone who's looking for a similar transformation that took place in your life, like they want that to happen to them? I can honestly say that there's nothing in this world that can come even close to the tangible, real, almighty, powerful love of Christ mm. towards humanity, towards us on the earth today. It's real, it's powerful, it's life-changing, it's life-altering, and it's really simply not being afraid and just believing mm. and doing it the way that God wants. And the way that God wants, it's in the simplicity of the things that He tells us in the Bible, in the gospel of Christ. It's a very simple gospel. The Lord is just very straightforward. And if you just do these things with a sincere heart and an honorable heart and an obedient heart, the love of Christ will radicalize your life and it will pull you out of a pit. It will heal you of sickness and it will just lead you in a path of identity. Stephen, it has been a blessing having you on our show. And I'm so glad that you are reaching the younger generation with a powerful, life-changing truth of bringing Jesus to people. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Hang tight. I have some words to encourage you right after the break. My friends, this is Evangelist Anlay, and I have a huge heart to study how Jesus is working in people's lives today and how he can change the lives of so many more. Will you partner with me to get this show on another radio station in a different state? Together, we're learning and demonstrating that Jesus is alive and touching lives everywhere. Help us to get out the good news. We're looking for monthly giving partners from $5 a month to $100 a month. Anything helps. You can learn more about this by going to AwakeningTheNations.com. That's AwakeningTheNations.com. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? 
To me, this is such a powerful demonstration of how God is the father to the fatherless. Now, fathers are often our role models, and there are many without that fatherly figure. And even some maybe have it, but they maybe have a poor fatherly role model because of maybe their poor choices. What about you? Where are you at with this? Do you feel like you lack that fatherly role model? Well, the gospel is truly good news to you then, because it is written in John 14, 18, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. According to ancient scriptures, we have a heavenly father, despite your situation of having an earthly father or not having one. You have the best role model of your life, and that is your heavenly father, who is perfect in every way. Do you know this? Or should I say, do you know him? Father God, I'm praying for the person who has been maybe looking for a father their whole life and felt like they've been missing something. Jesus, we believe that our heavenly father is that missing thing. So Jesus, we come to you. We receive you. We believe in you. We go through you to receive our heavenly father, to know our heavenly father in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.